Hey, what's going on, Clifford people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. Oh, and I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Mm-hmm. Just a couple of best friends and Clipper credential media folks who bring you locked on Clippers. Yes, three days a week in the off season, five days a week, 7 a.m. during the regular season. That's right. Uh, kicking things off today, we're doing a mailbag Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Every single Tuesday, we're going to continue to ask for your questions on Twitter. That's at Locked On Clippers. If you want a chance to get your question featured on the show, thank you to so much who sent those in ahead of time. We got some interesting things to talk about, uh, like the spacing with Bledsoe, uh, sort of some third center analysis. Oh, yeah. Uh, as well as looking at players who could take a leap next season. All sorts of great questions in there. Thank you one more time to everybody who sent those in. Mm-hmm. And then in segment two, we're talking about what will the Clippers be better at next season? With running everybody back. <laughs> it's kind of weird to look at. <laughs> it, it, it's a little bit weird to look like look at because in some ways, uh, you know, the the team was really complete. Um, yeah. In, in some regards, you know. For sure. Uh, when healthy. And we'll talk about what we think they will be better at as well as what they need to be better at mm-hmm. uh, in order to make the playoffs and hopefully some sort of push. And then in shavings, uh, ESPN released their power rankings. Clippers are in the 10 spot. We're going to talk about this, whether it's fair or unfair. Um, I also kind of have a little bit of beef with people underrating the Clippers offseason again, like they did last year. Fair. So we're going to talk about that yeah. and shavings as well. So all that and more coming up right about now. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes. So we are talking uh, Mailbag Wednesday, kind of a star-studded one. we got questions from Joseph Fry Award as well as uh, fantastic Clippers reporter uh, Mason Basada. But we're starting with a usual contributor. Shout out to Yeti Moose. Um, he asks, given spacing concerns in the paint, should Bledsoe and Zoo spend much time together on the floor? So it, it depends on the lineups. Um, I think Zoo's still going to start. I hope he still starts. So if that's the case, then they won't see much time together. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's think. still kind of up in the air where Bledsoe is going to slot in. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking or at least hoping that he's going to be, you know, the the primary guard off the bench there. Uh, I think that's probably the best place for him, and it strengthens the defense there a little bit. Um, if he is, for whatever reason, in the starting lineup, I think that things get a little bit, a little bit murkier, uh, and it just depends on on who else is out there. I, so, like, my yeah. big thing with this, right, uh, with Bledsoe and Zoo, I, I think that it inhibits someone like Paul George, honestly, the most because, oh, like... Oh, that's a good call. Driving it, lanes. Yeah, it's going to yeah. take away a lot of a good lot of call. space for him to be able to do um, much, much else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it limits what he can do with the ball in his hands with those two guys on the, you know, on the floor. Yeah. Um, so... That's a good call. Yeah, it messed up the spacing for every... If two players are bad at spacing out of the five on the floor, it's not going to be good spacing for anybody. Yeah, and, like, if those two are on the floor and then you're running sort of a hybrid... Because Bledsoe, to me, like, I just don't see a lot of value in him being off-ball. I actually, like, have a weird kind of positive note on Bledsoe. This is something I had overlooked kind of looking at the numbers. So according to player tracking data on Basketball Reference, which, Mm -hmm. you know, isn't necessarily 100% accurate, but whatever... Uh, Eric last season played 60% of his minutes at the shooting guard for the Pelicans, okay. which I believe is larger than any such split in his career. And I'm wondering if having him off ball like that um, or sort of in, you know, not having the, the ball primarily in his hands, uh, if that was kind of a reason for the slump. That's a good call. I think anytime, I mean, we saw anytime you're playing in a position that you're not used to or 
I don't want to say good at because, but you know, like for an NBA level, like truly, really good at it, you're going to be hindered. Look at what happened when Terrence Mann was out of position. Yeah, like, definitely, definitely. I also, I like this stat because this is going to be the stat that I bring up to say that he should just be the second unit starting point guard. 100%. Right? Like, cause I'm like, he's not taking Reggie's job. I don't want anyone other than Reggie Jackson to be the starting Unless point guard. Unless he proves team. it. To me, it's a, it's a prove it thing. Like, if. For some, for whatever reason, it works. Like which it could, you know. Sure. I'm not saying that I'm a hundred percent right because yeah. that would be extremely false. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, if you have, let's say, I mean, Reggie, Paul George, and Marcus Morris, like, is that enough shooting to make up for for you know around uh, Bledsoe and Zoo? I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, I still think that that inhibits. It, it takes away a dimension of Paul George's scoring in my mind. Do we need? Uh, so yeah, I, I think overall that it they, it should be limited. It's a good call. Um, I say all that to say yeah. this very simple answer: <laughs> it should be limited. Uh, courtside Clippers asks quick stat analysis on Isaiah Hartenstein as the third string center. We talked about him a couple episodes ago. Uh, Lucas Hahn was the first person I saw kind of tweeting about this guy. I would love him to be on this team. First of all, he's left-handed. Shout out to my fellow lefties out there. Um, his career total rebounding percentage, which is, you know, the percentage of rebounds that are new that you grab, is 16.7%. So far, comparatively, in his career, Zubats is at 18.3%. So a lot different in terms of usage, obviously, and stuff like that. But, I mean, Isaiah Hartenstein, he can grab boards. He's 23. Like, he's... A perfectly level replacement player. His value over replacement is 0.1. So, okay. so he's a replacement player, which is what you need at the third center. I was gonna say, yeah. What what more do you really need? So the thing to me is like, I I mean, eight six and three in under eighteen minutes a game. Yeah. I mean, pretty solid numbers. You gotta give it the caveat though that it was for a much worse team than the Clippers are. Sure. So you know, it, it won't necessarily translate. He's a decent finisher. I think the biggest thing for me would be. I'd just be curious to see how quick he could pick up the system and get acclimated, especially if we can reasonably assume that we have Zoo and Surge for the majority of the season. So I think a difficult part of trying to adjust is looking at sort of how that third center up position has been for the Clippers over the last couple of years. It's not like that clearly defined of a role. It's, <laughs> right, it's yeah. kind of gone. Sometimes it's Patterson, sometimes it's a two root. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of gone to like, uh, you know, the just add water type of player, which I think benefits vets more than young guys. Definitely. Um, yes. Yeah, so for I, sure. I, I don't know. I, I'm still high on this guy. I think if you can get him, um, I, I don't know what the asking price will be, but I'm a from what I'm seeing so far and the fact that he hasn't been snatched up yet, I'm thinking he's within the Clippers price bracket. Yeah, they were at his workout too. He yeah. was working like last week. Um, I love the passing. He's 23. It's like, this is, this feels like the perfect candidate to take a flyer on being the third center. Yeah. Like, why not? Um, Joseph Rye Ward, host of the Clipset podcast. Go listen to those fantastic uh, episodes. Him and Brian Cullen do great work for the Clippers. He asked, if you could pick one leap a player could make next season, who and what would it be? You okay. got a good one on here that's pretty popular, that was pretty popular in the Twitter replies. Yeah, yeah. So this one is just like the first one that popped in my head. And it's looking at Luke Kennard and his field goal attempts. He only, he, he averaged around seven a game uh, last year, which, uh, I mean, I don't think is enough given his efficiency. Uh, that'll have to change, you know, just by nature of Kawhi being gone. But I think sure. in 
what is it in a way to me a contract year even though he's he's already got the <laughs> he's money already got, he's, he's already got up. the money yeah. so it's not in a traditional sense but i mean it's a contract year and that it will determine what his future is with this team clippers fans are expecting him and rightfully so to produce more and that's on him and it's on Ty Lue for sure yes yeah and i think that the way to do that is having him you know just just giving him the reins a little bit with that second unit mm-hmm. to just kind of just to to be a scorer and yes he can create off the ball a little bit uh you know he can get to the rim sometimes sure uh <laughs> but i like that's gonna be a big thing to watch for me i mean these field goal attempts are gonna need to double what if um, what if he's still only taking seven field goal attempts but they're all threes and he shoots 40 percent? i mean i'm cool with that right because that's the funny thing with canard is that it's like i guess if his attempts got moved to threes and he had the ball in his hand a little bit more yeah I mean, I think he was only taking like three or four three-point attempts per game last mm-hmm. season. He was taking just under four. Right. Uh, which, you know... It's got to be more. It's got to be He's more. He's a sniper. It, it, it's like. it's got to be more. Like, you, you have to ask yourself, like, what's the highest value Luke Kennard can provide your team? Yeah. And to me, it's scoring. Couldn't so, uh, got to get him more looks at the basket. I'm looking at Luke's field goal attempts, and I mean, I don't... Like, the leap for Terrence Mann is going to be, you talked about, I think, two episodes ago, someone who could start on any NBA team. Yeah. We talked about that. Like, where it's like, if you look around and Terrence Mann's in your start, could he start on any NBA team? Yeah. That's going to be the leap for me. Like, I think he can, but now after such a great year two, year three Terrence is going to be sick. Definitely. So that's what I'm looking for. He's got the confidence. I mean, oh yeah, he's got yeah. the. I mean, he's got the right team around him. Like, got good vets. They figured his rollout uh, yep. much better. Um, so and and he has the trust. Not that like good the, call. Not that he explicitly didn't have the trust of the team before. It's but different like, when you see it. When you score 39 against Utah. When you do these crazy things. When you've been through the trenches of a deep playoff run. Yeah. With a guy that young, you you get a different sense for what they're made of. Hundred percent. Very good call. Um, Mason Basada. Another fantastic Clippers journalist. Go read all of his work. Um, he said, how many fully healthy Western Conference teams are for sure better than the no Kawhi Clippers? Oh, man. Uh, this is We might have to dedicate a whole episode to this one, but fully healthy? Whew. It's hard. I mean, I don't think the Mavs are. I, I don't know. Because the, without Kawhi is where is, like, we don't know what the team looks like as much. Um, four maybe sure. th- maybe three, maybe three teams. Who do you got? Probably got Golden State up there. Okay, fully healthy. Man, I'm all almost forgot about Golden. I State. I almost did too. Um, <laughs> Two years. It's crazy how <laughs> regular season wise, I think the Jazz, but because they really care about the regular season. Yeah, that might be it. You're I not putting I the said, Suns in there. No. Even though they already eliminated the Clippers in the playoffs. Absolutely. They eliminated two-thirds of the Clippers. <laughs> I know, but this is the no Kawhi. Sure. All right. So now we have 14 15ths of the Clippers. I wouldn't put the Suns up there. Not definitively better. So are we... I mean, Not for sure better. Yeah. Are we talking about in terms of like a regular season standings or being eliminated in a playoff? Let's talk about... Let's talk regular season. Oh, regular season standings. That's why I'm putting Utah up there... Utah, I mean, if the Lakers stay healthy, I would put them up there. Yeah, if the Lakers stay healthy, I will buy 10 lottery tickets because that's <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> um, it's not a lot of teams, though. Yeah, Mavs not through the regular season for me. 
Nuggets, it'll depend on you know how how soon they're they can close. get they can get Jamal back. Yeah. Um, but the Warriors is a good one. That's a team that I hadn't really thought about. Yeah. Uh, Suns, I'm curious to see like what their regular season looks like next year. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna be really interesting. But I don't. I just. I don't believe in them. I don't believe in the sun in general. It's just a big old <laughs> doesn't light. Ex- doesn't exist as far as we're concerned. <laughs> uh, final question from C Nation two one three: Do we see Mook being a twenty point per game scorer again? I will tell you what: we need to, or sure as hell close to it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, unless Terrence Mann becomes the second scoring threat, it's got to be Mook. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's primed to do it. Uh, I think that I. I was surprised last year um, how, like, kind of resilient he stayed despite, I mean, I I didn't think that, like, he was utilized to his peak potential uh, under Doc Rivers. But I I think that we'll see, I mean, like the Luke Kennard thing, we're going to see an increase in his field goal attempts per game. Uh, It's it's a little bit difficult to say just because it's sometimes feast or famine with Morris, you know? Quite, I mean, most of the time, yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm hoping that we can get a little bit more feast, and I, I mean, it's not infeasible to me, unfeasible. I'm pro-feast. That, that he is, it's, I'm feast. <laughs> that, that he's around that 20 points per game. I'm not saying that it will happen, but I mean, the potential is 100%. I want him to be flirting with 20. Yeah. Being that 18 and a half. 18, I mean, 18 per game average from Marcus Morris would be phenomenal to carry this team through the regular yeah, season. It means he's shooting a pretty good percentage. Um, coming up, we are going to be talking just a whole mess of what the Clippers will be better at, what they need to be better at next season. But first, Will, I'm currently sweating. How can I stop that? Oh, man, you got to check out Sweatblock. Yes, I do. Look, we know there are a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. Mm-hmm. You know when you are sweating through your shirts for no reason. It's embarrassing, Not right? Not fun. Yeah, so some of you may know someone that has dealt with this. It can be super difficult. Now, listen, I, this isn't life and death. We realize that there are worse problems in the world. But Absolutely. Let's be honest. In the moment, it does feel like a big deal. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech, interview, or first date. God forbid. I'd much rather not worry about it, and that's why people use Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. No more pitting out, no more picking my shirts based on which one will hide sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. All right, now that you've blocked your sweat, we gotta talk about Direct TV. Yes. Uh, does it let me know? Does this sound familiar? Have you seen this? Have you heard this? You got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Unclear what your version of the good stuff is, but whatever it is to you, you got your neighbor's best friend's login for it. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and it's a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Current varies by package. Okay, so we're back and we're talking about 
what will the Clippers be better at next season? We're going to take a look at what we think they will be better at, as well as what they need to be better at from a winning perspective. Yes. I'm going to let you go first on the will be better at one, because I think I have kind of a spicy take about this team next year. Okay, so... Because this is a good one that you got. Something I think we will be better at is Paul George as sort of the de facto alpha. Yes, this is his season right now. Yeah, I, I mean, so I thought some of his greatest struggles through the past two seasons have, have seemed to me to stem from a little bit of a passivity. Sure. Um, you know, sometimes he's he and Kawhi are, are trying to figure out how to coexist. Right. But when he's confident and in rhythm, he's one of the best offensive players in the league. When he's getting real contact at the rim and not the contact where you can tell as soon as he's about to drive, you're like, okay, Paul George is looking for contact right now. <laughs> like, when he's really being aggressive, I totally, totally know what you mean. Uh, and, you know, he's going to have an enormous weight on his shoulders, even with the great season that he had last yeah. year. I just, I'm of the belief that, like, clarity in what his role is, I mean, he just has... He is the floor general. I mean, like, not yeah. from a point guard sense necessarily, uh, although he'll probably keep running some point forward stuff. But, I mean, he is the man. He is the dude. Everything the, flows yeah. through him. And uh, should. So I think that, like, having that sort of... Having the keys, I guess, uh, should empower him to have an even better season this year. Yes. We've all seen what happens when he becomes the number one option. It's MVP level. Yeah. Um, I think he can get back to that. My take on this is I am not sure what else the Clippers will be better at next season, and I'm not sure that's a bad thing. Yeah. We're running it back. We're essentially running it back almost one for one, save Patrick Beverly for um, Bledsoe, and then adding Justice Winslow, too. We were one of the best shooting teams of all time. I'm not sure where you go from there unless we do better than last season or even replicate it, which would be fantastic. I want that to happen. We just know what this team's going to look like last season. It will be really good, but I don't know what it can do better. More, I mean, more egalitarian scoring, of course, that's going to need to be better. Yeah. But in terms of what this team can do better without Kawhi, and like you, like now that like like PG has this defined role, I'm not sure what aspects will jump out to us as being markedly better next season. But again, I want to reiterate, that's not a bad thing. The team didn't need to improve a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to get to what they do need to be better at. But, like, there weren't huge glaring holes in this team last year. Like, this is the, not problem with a complete roster, but this is the complete roster. When you run it all the way back, it's like, all right, what are we going to be better at down the top three player that's in our roster usually? Like, it's yeah. a little interesting to think about. Yeah, that I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, it's kind of hard to improve upon what we were able to do last year. So I got I guess I got a couple of things that are will we be better yeah, at? Yeah, <laughs> right. I so I guess one thing I'm curious to see is like how is our shot selection going to change down Kawhi? Mm -hmm. Uh we're a team that's super comfortable in the mid-range around just over 11% of our field goal attempts are in there which is tied for top 5 in the oh, league wow. yeah. uh, in terms of percentage of your field goal attempts being in the mid-range. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to see how Tyler is going to be able to alter this offensive game plan. And, you know, I, I'm curious to see, too, like, what what that means for us if we can keep a, a similar efficiency from three while taking out some of those kind of shots from our diet. Where, actually, Kawhi did struggle in some of those areas he's normally very good at uh, in, the, in the earlier part of the season last year. Uh, so I, I'm curious to see about that. Another thing 
I'm wondering, will we be better at is like, will we be able to capitalize on some of our youth to attack the transition Oof. a little bit more aggressively on the offensive? This is where Terrence Mann comes in too. Like he was kind of the saving grace in transition a lot of the times last season. Yes. So we were bottom five in the league in terms of in terms of percentage <laughs> of points off the fast break. That now, checks look, out. <laughs> that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I think it, it can be a negative indication going into the playoffs if a strong percentage of your total field goal attempts or, or points are coming off the fast break. Yeah. Just because you're not going to get the same amount of opportunities. 100%. Um, sure. I believe the Sixers were top three in the league in percentage of their points, you know, off the fast break. And we saw what happened to that. Uh, it, it couldn't carry them out of the second round. Uh, you know, not saying that that's the only reason, but. Oh, Doc Rivers. So it's not, it's not necessarily something that's bad, but I would like to see, you know, uh, if we're, if we're, you know, trying out some of these younger guys, or you know, trying, trying to evolve Terrence, like let's, yeah, BBJR let's let out there. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's try to get some easy points. Let's try to make things a little bit easier on some of our during old, the regular season. Some of our older players, a hundred percent during the regular season. It's the same thing about how we can't play Nick Batum with the five all year because he'll be too tired for the playoffs. So it's yeah. like that's where these transition buckets come in, like the third center situation comes in. Um, real quick, we're gonna talk about what we need to be better at. This one I think is one we've talked about a lot, containing the point of attack on the pick and roll. Yeah. Big issue for the Clippers. Um, and what? And I'm not saying, like when it's against a player like Steph Curry or Luka or like Trey Young, they can hurt you in so many different ways. So when it's guys who are like, they can pass, they can shoot at every single level, they're the top of their game. I'm not saying we need to hold those guys to like six, three and one, like it'd be nice to. But yeah, I don't think you're doing that. You're just not going to do it. But I love to see the same kind of strategy the Clippers play versus Dame to be used versus other point guards. Damian Lillard has played horribly versus the Clippers the last couple of years. Part of it is because we have guys like Kawhi and PG healthy at the same time. But like the defensive pressure is great on that. And I want to see more of the same from lesser guards. Like I think Bledsoe and Winslow on the second unit is going to be great for this. And I bet Tyloo staggers them when it's becoming an issue during the regular season. So I had a question for you. I feel like if Eric Bledsoe can alter this, is that his best shot at taking a starting position? Absolutely. I, I mean, think like, his defense, It yeah, it like, yeah, I mean. That's his way in. <laughs> yeah, that's his way in. Definitely. Um, what do you got on here? Uh, so, I mean, we harp at, uh, about this one. I guess it's still just kind of fresh in my mind from the playoffs, but rebounding, yes. uh, through the regular season, we were Bugaboo kind of... Bugaboo for the Clippers. Yeah. We, we, like, so we were a little, we were middle of the pack in total rebounds. Mm -hmm. Uh, things look a little bit better when you look at the actual percentages. We snagged... Which we love. We snagged 75% of defensive rebounds. Uh, which is fifth in the NBA. I was say, that's a Our off offensive rebound great. percentage was 27, which is a little bit more middling. But you you have to also factor that we were like pretty. I mean, we were a pretty efficient team, so I, I think that maybe you yeah, get into a we were making a lot of threes. Yeah, so I think sometimes you get into a mentality um, where perhaps you're 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 not attacking the boards with the same gusto. Yeah, sure. uh, And also, yeah, taking a lot of threes, those can be difficult offensive rebounds to navigate where it's yeah. going to end up being. 100%. So, we're, you know, we are down some total rebounding, especially without Kawhi. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I, the big thing for me is, like, in the postseason, we were in the bottom half of opponent offensive rebound percentages, and we saw this time and time again where we let teams get, like, two and Late three in the possessions. Game especially. And, like, it's just so grinding on defense, <laughs> especially when you put in, like, a you know, a solid 20-second possession yeah. of, 
of defense. They throw and then up it a ends, weird and, shot. They get the board. You got We're an old team too, so you you're running reset. back. Yeah. And like in a in a year like this, where um, you know it is just a marathon. It's more games. There's you know less healthy players. Um, you just can't. You, you can't wasted, extend wasted possessions. Yeah, you just can't extend those defensive possessions. It's just not. Yeah. It's it's a recipe for disaster. Hundred um, percent. What's your last note on here? Uh oh. Okay. So like, this is kind of a weird thing that I think we need to get better at. We've seen this weird trend over the last couple of years where the Clippers are sometimes the slump buster. Couple of slump busters for a team that isn't really shooting well. They'll just light oh, it up yeah. against the Clippers. <laughs> and like, I overall, I mean, we had a we had a solid. I think we were top five or top ten in total opponent uh, effective field goal percentage. But like. What the hell is it gonna take, like, <laughs> to just not have the, just to not have the games where a team that's been shooting like sub forty percent goes for like goes for like sixty. Wow, they made nineteen us. of their twenty two threes. And, <laughs> and I think what a lot of it boils down to is just like coming out of the gate with intensity early and not letting teams get into their rhythm so so easily. And I'm hoping that this year, like, the team. Once again, like the, the chemistry is greater, but also the level of confidence is greater uh, to sort of, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, attack things at the opening jump in a way that doesn't let teams in quite Get that so confidence. Easy. Yeah. Do we think this will be, do we, do we think starting fast is harder for an older team? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, that's a good one to keep an eye on. Um, let us know what you think the Clippers will be better at next season. Coming up, we're talking the power rankings as well as a couple of maybe some move uh, or just kind of the Clippers offseason in general. And then we got to give some shouts for some five-star reviews. But first, we got to give a shout-out to Built Bar. Uh, did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everybody. You can enjoy cherry barcia, coconut, raspberry, as some people call it, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. My favorite flavor, German chocolate. A little fancier than regular chocolate. Uh, it's a little ruder to you when it speaks, but it sounds good, you know. Um, if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box, which is great. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors, which is fantastic. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they are healthy as well. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams net sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams net carb. That's not bad. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Uh, go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 15% off your next order. One more time, that's promo code locked on for 15% off at built.com. And now that you're satiated, where could you bet online? Oh, the best place is betonline.ag. Oh, doy. We love it. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing right now, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on top of your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On. All right, welcome to Shavings, uh, named after our old podcast where we just kind of talk about the random stuff in the drawer uh, related to the Clippers. ESPN released their power rankings. Clippers are ranked 10th. Okay. Here's some teams. This, they, the, I mean, ESPN answered Mason's question very well. Uh, here's the teams in front of us. 
in order of one through nine, we got the Nets at one, Bucks at two, Lakers at three, Suns at four, Jazz at five, 76ers, the Nuggets, the Heat, and then the Hawks. Hmm. I'll tell you what, I do not think the Heat or the Hawks or the Nuggets are better than the Lakers or the 76ers or the Jazz or the Suns or the Lakers. So I'd put us at three. <laughs> <laughs> the whole NBA. I don't wow. know. I mean, Heat and Hawks, that's wild. Yeah, me. I got to agree with you. These last three, like Nuggets, Heat, Hawks, I I think that's a little bit unfair. Um, yeah, I mean, the Heat will be better than they were last year. I mean, they had kind of a, they had kind of a yeah. rough season last year. The Nuggets, to me, are, I mean, kind of a question mark. They're in the same boat to me as the Clippers. I mean, they're going to be missing yeah. a key piece of, of their starting five for, I mean, at least a portion of the season. And they have a worse supporting cast than the Clippers do. Uh, yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Um, they also have the MVP, but yeah. you know, like Nets and Bucks, of course, that that makes sense. Yeah, that, that be, I'm defending they, champs. Yeah, big they'll three over in Brooklyn. They'll definitely be better uh, than the Kawhi-less Clippers. The Lakers, like if they're actually healthy and it actually works somehow, um, sure, may, Oof, may, maybe maybe they're better than the Clippers. Um, Suns, I'm thinking no. Suns. Sons, I'm thinking no. Jazz, I can see the argument for them being better than the Clippers. Not a DPOI candidate on their team. Um, like, they, you know, say, they're running it back again for the most part. Like We did knock them out without Kawhi once, so I don't know why we couldn't <laughs> yes, do it again. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like Nets, Bucks, Lakers. I think 76ers are way too high, too, Jazz. because Ben Simmons isn't even returning their phone calls. <laughs> so, like, I know. I'm still actually, though, a little bit surprised that they have the Sixers below the Suns and the Jazz, just because I... I mean, they had a great regular season last year, and it, it's going to be firmly on how healthy Joel Embiid is, like what they can do yeah. this season. But I think it's maybe a little bit disrespectful to put them below the, the Suns. Suns and the Jazz, I think. But. That's fair. I think the Suns for sure. I think the Suns, the Suns and Clippers should maybe switch places. Man, maybe not such places. The Sun I, should be tenth. Look, the I think, should be I think there's maybe four or five teams. That I'm irrationally better, upset about these rankings that are better than the Kawhi-less Clippers. Yeah, uh, and with, the whole NBA makes sense. But Suns? Yeah, I th- I don't know. I would say yeah, the Clippers are like a I don't know. They they could be you know the fifth or sixth absolutely best team in the NBA still. Uh, so it kind of brings me into this question. Get on that soapbox. Is it maybe dangerous to underrate the Clippers offseason again? I mean, for everyone else. Like, last year, it didn't seem like the moves they made resonated with national media. Fans also were not that excited about it. <laughs> yeah, Surge was the biggest one. I, Yeah, yeah, Surge, which I also feel like went under the radar a little bit. Yeah. But that was a great move. Uh, people also kind of liked the Luke Kennard trade. Uh, from a you know like asset standpoint, well, one the certain part of the United States really loved the Luke Kennard. Right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. But I mean, like I feel, I feel like maybe because we didn't add a sexy name or something, I I do feel like the Tell me Justice Winslow done move the needle for you. <laughs> yeah. I I do feel like the people are maybe underrating the Clippers due to the offseason they had. But like we've talked about on the show, but they brought back all the key rotation players, right? Added a little bit of depth at the wing. They consolidated the guard position from some sort of superfluous things that like didn't all fit together. And were into, hurt and yeah, old, yeah. Into like one position. 
uh, or one player rather, and they have some opportunities this season to develop youth. So I, I think like, yeah, maybe, I, I mean, the, they're, they, they're not as good as they were last year for sure. Uh, but yeah, but, just because we don't have Kawhi. But I wouldn't say that they're like going to miss the playoffs. If Kawhi was healthy, I think the offseason would be a lot more psyched up by people. Yeah. I think Kawhi being hurt, a lot of... Uh, he re-signed though, long term. Oh, agreed. What the hell else were we supposed to do this offseason? I think Kawhi being hurt makes people think somehow, even after what Paul George showed he did in the playoffs, somehow think that the Clippers are going to be like fall off a cliff. Yeah, which is crazy. What to else me. were we supposed to do? Rob the Wizards yeah. for Bradley Beal? Like I don't <laughs> yeah. know what I don't know what we're supposed to do. And I mean, I think the youth point is a really good one. This could turn out to be. I mean, I'm. It could be a disaster, but it's also like. And a lot of people on Clippers Twitter are so hyped on Brandon Boston Jr. <laughs> it's just like I hope it works out. Like but, you know, we're gonna find out something about the future of this team. Like yeah. like it or not, I mean, you have to develop young guys, or you're not gonna stay a relevant team. Hundred percent. Because stars age, and that's the way. Way that it is especially if your two are already in their 30s yes and battling some injuries to scenarios so um, i and th- what could be a better opportunity to develop these guys in this season I that's totally that's agree. my argument i love it i hope people keep sleeping on the clippers we wanted to go back to the shadows last season and it it kind of worked now we're going to the dungeon yes we're getting <laughs> out of here um we got to give some five-star review shout outs to close out this episode um, we got a five-star review from SpiderPig3843. Love it. Over on uh, iTunes. They said, great content, guys. Always keep me updated with the clips where we can analyze things through the lens of a Clipper fan rather through what makes noise. Very poetic review. Yeah, love that. Wow. Um, thank you so much, SpiderPig. Uh, this next one is from Lil Josh with, uh, looks like four or five H's on there. He said, best podcast, highly recommended. Five stars. Left this on Wednesday. Really appreciate it, Josh. He says, I listen to four different sports podcasts in the morning for updates on my favorite teams and sports news. And this is definitely my favorite one to listen to. Charles and Will are great guys. Debatable. They have very informative opinions and that are well thought of. And I recommend everyone gives them a listen. P.S. Sorry. Happy B-Day, Charles. And about the Instagram, I just got Twitter and we'll ask questions there. Appreciate it. You can send any of your questions into at Locked on Clips. Yeah. It's a good also- time. Thank you for the review. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. It really keeps us going. Um, We need them. It it sucks you can only do it really on iTunes, uh, but we really appreciate it. Again, Rudy Zavala has always thrown us uh, five-star reviews. Um, Friday's episode, we're doing a Love, Mary Quarantine, of course. Actually on Friday this time. Get two of them this week, so that's fun. Uh, And over-under wins total talk, depending on what Vegas gives us. Uh, And then, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland. Ooh, I hope we can report on the Clippers signing uh, that third center. Will, where can these people listen to this podcast? You can check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clippers. Regardless of where you listen, if you'd feel so inclined to leave us a rating and review over on iTunes, really helps us out, especially yes. sort of in like this off-season time where you know listenership can dwindle a little bit. Uh, it helps you know keep the podcast on the forefront of Clippers podcast in iTunes, which mm-hmm. is important to our bosses. So I guess it's important <laughs> to us. Uh, but thank you so much for rocking with us. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We need it so bad. Can't wait for the season to start. I have been positive Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. We appreciate you. <laughs>